This is your gateway to the latest trends in the Gulf, bringing you exclusive insights and thought-provoking discussions. Welcome to AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. You can find our weekly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more exclusive content, subscribe to us on arabianbusiness.com. Welcome to AB Majlis. I'm Nicole Abigail, reporter at Arabian Business and your host for today. Join us today as we delve into the fascinating universe of cryptocurrency and take a look into one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world with Alex Shahadi, the General Manager of Binance. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Before we dive into this conversation, let's start with a quick overview. Binance has obviously been making waves in the cryptocurrency space and you've been at the forefront of its operations now. Could you give us a brief introduction into your role at Binance? Sure. So I'm the general manager of Binance FZD. So that's the regulated entity that's in Dubai, regulated by VARA. And we're regulated as an exchange and a broker at the moment. Um, so it's about uh, offering regulated services um, out of the jurisdiction of Dubai uh, and, and targeting the UAE initially, but then moving further afield. Um, so having worked in financial services before, um, and then moving into crypto in around 2016, um, I'm sort of using what I've learned uh, in my previous experience of setting up infrastructure and, and trading platforms and my crypto knowledge. Um, and my role is to sort of head up operations, make sure everything's running correctly, um, and then dealing uh, and talking with the regulators. So we have a, a lot of dialogue with the regulators. Everyone's learning. It's a, it's a new industry. And so it's important that we talk about the the new the nuances of the technology uh, and and how we're overcoming any any issues that we see um, and yeah education is key for everybody of course and what is your personal take on cryptocurrency and alternative assets as you call it um, crypto is, so let's talk blockchain yeah blockchain you know is undoubtedly a great technology um, everyone understands the use case of distributed ledgers. Crypto sits on top of that. So that uh, it gives value to transactions. It secures networks. Um, we're seeing lots of financial institutions, banks now understanding the power of crypto settlement, blockchain settlement. Um, and that's moving forward uh, now at a much more rapid pace. We thought we were probably going to see more in 2016, 2017. But it's taken a bit of time, a little bit of experimentation. Um, and then we are now seeing Web3 as a narrative. Um, and so, you know, people are very conscientious now about data security, privacy and identity. And, and these things are somewhat solved with Web3. So we're looking at like decentralized um, social networks and we're looking at decentralized science. Anywhere where there's voting and consensus is a great uh, use for, for crypto at the moment. Um, and like, you know, I've, I've been here since 2016. I definitely think it's a, it's a it has great room for movement and great room for expansion. And, and that's why I'm here. Okay. And when it comes to these concerns with security, obviously that's a common thing that people do talk about and are maybe hesitant to get into because of what would you have to say to people who have this concern? Security is a concern, um, but it comes from the complexity. Um, we used to when we use, when I first started using computers uh, professionally, it was command line, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could accidentally delete a whole folder and you're in big trouble. Yeah. It's, it's similar with blockchain at the moment. We're at that level where, you know, the nuts and bolts are open 
uh, and you know you need to be sure of what you're doing. Otherwise, you, you could make mistakes. You could you could send to the wrong wallet. You can't come back. You can have your wallet compromised. Again, there's there's no recourse there. So, it's because it's complex and and early there are these security concerns. Um, and again, they say there were security concerns with the internet when that first came out, and it took you know great minds to sort of build up protocols, security protocols. And now, you know, very occasionally you see a website and it gives you a red flag and you, you don't use it, right? And sure. so that, that's the user experience that we need to get to with crypto to really build mass adoption. That makes sense. And Binance clearly established a very strong presence in the region. And can you share some insights into how the company has been navigating, especially the landscape here? So we have a, the Middle East headquarters is, is in Dubai. Um, and we've established uh, regulated entities in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and Bahrain. Um, the regulators are forward-thinking here. Um, so the leadership of Binance obviously identified this uh, around early 2020, 2021, and decided that we should have a footprint here. It's really important for big businesses to understand certainty and allow them to plan for the future, and the Middle East has done that. The regulators have been proactive, uh, and they've either set virtual asset specific regulations in VARA or in ADGM where they've they've added guidebooks and amendments to their rules in a, to enable firms to come and, and set a presence here. Yeah. Um, we've seen a large number of crypto and um, digital asset firms come here over the last three years. Um, and I think Binance was some of the first cohorts of the international companies coming here. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're growing. We're using uh, Dubai as, as a base uh, to service uh, a lot of the MENA region. So a lot of Arabic speakers, uh, localization, um, and understanding each market. And obviously, because of the name, uh, we did talk about the Middle East, but there is also, you've got to address the fact that with the news, you know, came Binance internationally and the, the fact that CZ stepped down. How did this affect or did it affect uh, Middle East operations? It, it didn't affect Middle East operations. Um we were planning for this for, for a long time. Um, so Richard stepped up into the role. I've worked with Richard closely for a couple of years at Binance and I knew him at ADGM as well. Um, yeah, it's it's allowed us to move to the next stage. Uh, I think it was looming before, but now you know, with, with certainty uh, and finality of, of what's happening, it allows us to then talk to any stakeholders that did have concerns um, and move forward. So you know, it's uh, allowed us to to understand where we go from here. Okay, fantastic. And the cryptocurrency is known, the market specifically is known for its super dynamic nature, right? What are the trends that you see upcoming and how does Binance sort of adapt to this or work with this and how does this go? So, you know, first and foremost, we're, we're a crypto exchange. So we, we try and stay as neutral as possible. Of course. Um, uh, we, we allow people to transact. We remove some of the sophistication we talked about by allowing people to, to buy and hold crypto without needing to be worried about private keys. Um, saying that, we've introduced Web3 Wallet. So this is a custodial wallet that the user then holds their assets. So... Yeah, as the the market's maturing and education is getting out there, people are deciding they may want to hold their own assets. So that's that's one thing that we're seeing. The other thing uh, in the last couple of years, we've seen um, sort of divergent of use cases. Um, before crypto was an idea, the application wasn't wasn't quite there. Now we're seeing uh, real world assets being tokenized, so yield bearing products and financial services. 
we are seeing uh, oracles come into fashion. So this is where it, it transmits data from outside the blockchain onto the blockchain. So it allows you to build computational smart contracts that act on that data. Um, we're also seeing, as I say, the Web3 emerge. So this is identity and social networks. And so the idea behind this is if you build a social network and you build an identity, it can be transferable across social networks where, you know, before with social networks, they're sort of walled gardens. Mm -hmm. You build up a following on one of these social networks. If you try to move to another one, you have to start from scratch. Um, again, it's about permissioning as well. Um, so th these are the key things. We're, we're seeing people build on Ethereum. So Ethereum being a layer one. So yeah. this is a, a base layer uh, database. And then when people are building on top of this, we call this layer two. And these are transactions that be quicker and cheaper. Mm. Um, and then within these layer twos, this is where we're seeing uh, applications built. Okay. Um, so it, uh, crypto gaming is a, is a big one. Um, and then so within each crypto game, they might have a, a specific side chain. So this just means within uh, the game, you can transact volumes. So skins or, you know, other attributes in game. Uh, cheaply and quickly so you know it's still an experimental phase um so there's a lot to come and these are the the use cases where we've seen the tradition move into blockchain okay. but we haven't yet seen any sort of new products that haven't existed right and so the the example you know, i had somebody else talking about is if in 1996 you asked industry, government, and people what you wanted from a phone, they wouldn't have said an iPhone. Absolutely. So you didn't know you needed it until until it was available, right? And so some of these use cases for crypto, maybe we haven't discovered yet. So you know, it's a it's an exciting exciting place to be. That's an interesting way to put it. And people hear it, they might think it's a bit too technical, which you touched upon earlier. Is that education plays a very important role, right? So how does Binance approach user education and what challenges do you see? In so we, we look to educate through the full cycle of, uh, of uh, from beginners to, to experts. Uh, Binance Academy is something we established to, to help up, upskill everyone. Uh, I even read it, you know, I, you feel like I should know enough, but I, I sometimes check certain protocols or, or mechanisms and is that how I think? So we do that. We try to make the platform intuitive as well not always uh when you interact sometimes in some crypto apps that is not as intuitive as you'd expect they try to make it intuitive but you know it's it's still work in progress um and so it's we implore people to to try to experiment for them to learn it's very much a, a, a learn from doing you know, uh, it's difficult to learn academically without getting involved um, so you know we, we offer the platform for that um, and yeah we just keep creating uh, resources for people to refer to um, and then uh, yeah the, hopefully they end up teaching us hopefully and <laughs> <laughs> um, crypto is usually associated with trading but they are they do have numerous real life use cases could you share some examples of that and how it can be used beyond trading? So people trade and speculate on, on the price, okay? Um, but we do have sort of asset-backed crypto. So you, you can have gold-backed crypto. So, you know, when... So we've just had a ETF news about crypto in the US. Um, I think it was only in the early 2000s 
that the ETF for gold came out mm-hmm. and similar concept. Gold is difficult to store, it's expensive to store, but you want exposure to, to that market. So these wrappers help help with that. Um, the NFT was a bit of a, a, a craze, but now people are understanding, especially people like Nike, uh, I think Gucci, Hermes, um, are all using it for engaging clients, you know, um, issuing NFTs with, with physical objects and allowing that to be a certificate of ownership. So that's a new use case. Um, and then then they understand that the person that controls that wallet mm-hmm. is, is someone that you want to either send things to right. or, or speak to or engage. Um, and we're seeing, you know, this is what loyalty points are all about, right? It's engaging in people, making sure that they are feeling connected with the brand. And so crypto is a great use case of that. Okay. Um, other aspects are using AI is quite a a good example. So the crypto layer secures the network through payments. And so I think when we're seeing AI generated content, you have a tendency for things to get spammed because it's costing you nothing to send out, right? So if you create a network where, you know, you have to pay to publish then you're going to reduce a lot of this is like bots and circulation. So again, using that as governance. Okay. And you did bring up gold as well. Would you say that crypto is a better investment than gold? Uh, crypto has, is a, a different product, right? So right, Bitcoin is a, the, what people call the analogous to gold, like a store of value, right? And I think there's uh, there's six attributes that people say these are, if you have these six attributes, it, it acts like money and, and gold is is that uh, bitcoin could say is that um so it's easy to transfer it's easy to account for um so you you have that use case um ethereum is more like a, a technology play you're backing on like a computational layer that you can build apps um and then other uh other cryptos like we say are oracle so they're, they're, they're betting on different parts of the infrastructure right. um so that the, they, we, we've seen some correlations of tech stocks um, because it is a technology play. Um, also, as we touched upon, you know, it's you can transact crypto right. and it feels like money. Um, and so that's, that's a use case that is emerging everywhere you know, with stable tokens. Um, and then we move into the remit that this is more like central bank uh, rather than sort of securities regulation. Um, but the, the ability to transact peer-to-peer uh, almost instantaneously is not lost on anyone. I think mm-hmm. everyone understands that that's, that's you know, what they say is one of the killer use cases for crypto. You know, not having uh, an opaque transaction, not, you know, when you send money internationally, you don't know where it is as a black box until it turns up. And if it doesn't turn up, it's a long investigation. The crypto eliminates that. So it eliminates the need for these uh, trusted third parties. Um, and I say that's one of the key attributes and key drivers in, in the emerging markets. Okay. And with it coming to widespread adoption, which it is, we can see it's coming to it. Do you think there ever is going to be a world where crypto actually replaces fiat or physical currency? Uh, I mean, it looks that way. Um it just depends on whether it's privately issued tokens or CBDCs, but di- like as to say, the peer-to-peer digital transactions is, is better than having to use third parties because of these advantages. So, uh, what the final form is, we don't know, but you know, the the ease of transaction is is definitely warranted to to 
at least uplift traditional finance. So going back to what we looked at for some of the use cases, the traditional use cases are being reimagined with crypto. Um, and so, you know, the, the payment, uh, payment layers is definitely something that everyone understands can be, can be addressed, you know, especially remitting small amounts of money, um, you know, it's uneconomical sometimes. Um, so then when you have that freedom of money, then hopefully, uh, it builds economies. Okay. And coming back to Binance, what are the future plans and your exciting developments? What is, what is coming in? We're always excited. Because it's an exciting place to be. Um, so we're looking to expand our, our product offering for the regulated markets. Um, so as and when it's with dialogue with the regulators. So new products come in, we need to sort of understand where they fit within the rule set um, and demonstrate to the regulators and then bring it in. So we will start to see the, the footprint of regulated products increase um, and you know, the, the excitement is the overall expansion of the market. It, compared to some traditional markets, crypto is still very small. Um, we live and breathe it. So it, it means a lot to us and feels like it's everything. But when you zoom out and look across other markets, it's tiny. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're a fraction of the size of, of the social networks. Um, so we hope to get somewhere like that. Um, and the exciting thing is these new products and tools that make it easier, that make it more accessible. We're seeing like wallets. So wallets are generally where you, you store keys to transact. Um, and we're seeing ways with things called account abstraction. So that's a bit like DNS on, on the internet. So you have a human readable words to send uh, transactions to, which you know, it's increased user experience. We're seeing the ability to create wallets with emails. So everyone's now comfortable with emails. So you can now push in your email, authenticate that email um, via API. So like the, the web front end will look at that and it'll create you a wallet. So then, you know, that's your wallet and you can deal with it as you need to. And that's bringing down the level of sophistication, which is opening a door to mass market. And then when it's mass market, we've got more people looking at this smarter people looking at this and there'll be more more innovation okay and for those of our listeners who have not gotten into the world of crypto yet what is the one thing that you'd like to say to them uh read about it okay yeah read about it explore it um i mean there's, there's always press about it um but there's always press about lots of things sometimes it's biased sometimes it's biased for crypto sometimes it's biased against crypto but i i recommend you know reading up uh, you know, I highly recommend Binance Academy. Um, and so read how it works. Read um, what we're trying to solve, how we're solving it. Um, and then I would say experiment. Um, you don't even need to experiment with, with real money. You can create a wallet and then you can uh, go to what we call a testnet faucet. Okay. And that will distribute testnet tokens to you. So you can transact and learn how to get involved in DeFi. You can transact peer-to-peer -peer. you can do all the things without spending any money and then when you're comfortable then you can uh, start getting involved okay that's interesting well unfortunately that's all the time we have today but thank you so much for your insight it's been truly great thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you to all our subscribers sign up to arabianbusiness.com for all exclusive content